George, way off. It's the side of the backboard. Take that for data. Adams gives it back to Russ. Deep shot. Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to Daddy's Fantasy Basketball League Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Daig, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Gabe Sabarzo. Gabe, what up? Hey, what's up, everybody? One week till playoffs. Everybody start getting amped. We got a couple matchups that are pretty much playoff matchups already, so... uh looking forward to talking about those in a little bit unbelievable that we are already here at the last week of the regular season um of course tonight we will not be having zach uh and the crowd goes wild um but he's off looking at some more houses i believe uh his team's so far gone uh both in real basketball as well as fantasy basketball um that we probably would have had a disinterested zach uh anyway so uh it's gonna be the gabe and cam show tonight yeah we call that uh trimming the fat if you're a chef or uh, <laughs> cooking anything out there <laughs> oh man you said it not me but we were all thinking it i'm just kidding zach we love you uh surprisingly so i feel like normally um in years past we get to this point in the league and it's like all these teams are tanking and it's really it's kind of a drag of the season typically at this time um, where we're just like ready for the playoffs. We kind of know who's going to make it, but this year has been so fun. And like at the center point of the NBA and all this fun, uh, we just got to give huge shouts to Steph Curry. And uh, it's just a reminder again, like we cannot take this guy for granted. Uh, He is, absolutely unbelievable and that pains me to say as a thunder fan i have just like always hated the warriors especially since uh kevin durant left for the warriors but that's to no slight of steph he is um a machine gabe did you see um the number of threes he's hit in like his last four games um i know that in his last five games he's averaging like almost 10 threes a game he's hit 10 in at least four of those five (laughs) yeah so he's hit 48 threes in his last five games i believe it is uh he is averaging a ridiculous like 39 and a half points a game in those games um it is just like so unbelievable he uh you know we were talking about what was it last week or maybe it was the week before um, where I told you that tweet, like we're going to realize like Steph should have always shot more threes in his career or whatever. Um, yeah. And and he's put that to the test uh, it, what, for what feels like this whole month. Uh, he's been absolutely incredible and it's been super fun to watch. Um, no, he has. And uh, I mean, speaking of tweets, if you look across uh, the NBA right now, kind of changing gears for just a second, Uh, you'll notice that they're not all tweeting about uh, basketball right now. And uh, a lot of them are tweeting about accountability in certain things. And so I think uh, we would be remiss if we didn't at least say that, uh, like we we can now confidently say that George Floyd was not only a victim of police brutality, but he was murdered in cold blood. And the American justice system will agree with us now, which is a definite step in the right direction for our country. And um, if you tune into any NBA broadcast, you'll you'll notice that a lot of their minds, a lot of press conferences after these games tonight are not going to necessarily reflect the performance on the court. So I just wanted to uh, at least acknowledge that and uh, that we can move forward. Well, and and that goes back to it. That's when it all was happening in the bubble. Correct. Right. And last May, I believe. And just learning, like, so much, like, more and more comes out from the bubble just as far as uh, player mental health and just, like, so much that was going on within the bubble that the NBA put on, um, which I think we all agree was just, like, an incredible thing that happened. But 
you know, as a Thunder fan, Chris Paul was at the center of like so much of that that was going on. So I was I was following a lot more closely just as a Thunder fan, um, and and as an NBA fan, and he talks so much about just that night and how like all the players came together. Um, and although they didn't all agree with like how it should be dealt with, like they agreed something needed to be happen or something needed to happen. And, uh, we saw that from a standpoint of them putting pressure on owners to really like get messages out, uh, to raise money for their local communities, um, that were predominantly black. We saw that a lot in this previous election, you know, where they really pushed, um, just like voter knowledge and like how to get right. how to how to register to vote uh, yeah. and, and you know like it just a really tragic thing uh that occurred you know you really hope that good comes of it and and it appears like at the time there was some good and and some pressure that was put on uh when it happened for our justice system as well as just just the common knowledge among all people um and then now as you said like more and more details are coming out um and ultimately was uh convicted as guilty so and activism for the nba i feel like if we're going to look up to these players as uh as nba talents we should also uh like listen to them sometimes when they are speaking about issues that also affect them because like they're going to face a lot different issues than a lot of us are so uh, sometimes it can just be something that we need to be more open to listening to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, keeping on with uh, like some NBA news, uh, Gabe, thanks yeah. for bringing that up yeah. and us discussing. Yeah. But um, well, yeah, on the same for Rockets news, did you see Sterling Brown was assaulted outside of a club in I, Miami? I saw that. And isn't Sterling Brown like 6'8"? <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't know. Lately in the in the news, I've seen Aaron Donald be charged with assault, or somebody picked a fight with Aaron Donald yeah. and Sterling Brown. I just feel like if I was in the mindset to pick a fight, <laughs> I don't think that I would choose a professional athlete as my first uh, my first victim. You know, like there's probably plenty of like ex frat members that are willing to throw down with you if you just instigate a tiny bit. You know, I will say <laughs> uh, if I had to choose out of the two, I would definitely choose. Um sterling brown as opposed to yeah. um aaron donald. aaron donald but yeah no neither one is who i'm going for i did see that and i was like that's what are we doing here people like what's happening right now yeah i'm with you um, but yeah on the that's on the rockets news that's how little there is actual nba <laughs> to talk about um for the rockets because i did want to mention that kelly olenic has been dominating i put out a uh a tweet just showing that he's in like the 98th percentile for efficiency uh, since he moved to the Rockets. We're going to have some interesting decisions this summer uh, yeah. to make. I think free agency starts in the beginning of August is what the commissioner and uh, the committee has decided. So there's going to be a lot of uh, moving pieces, I think, for this team moving forward. But um, on the plus side, we are now tied with the Timberwolves for the fir- for the worst record in the NBA. So that's pretty cool. Gives us a little bit more of a pull in the lottery. Also giving the Thunder about 50% of that pull. So, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's crazy because, like, that might be the only thing that Thunder fans and Rockets fans can agree on is, like, both teams want y'all to have the worst pick. <laughs> in right. in the league um i'm sorry not the worst pick the worst record uh right. in the league and it's so weird so like as thunder as a thunder fan like obviously uh we're all in on the draft uh and all these picks that we have but if you do the math like they've changed the lottery odds that the math just doesn't shake out uh in a very even manner there's like you got to go into uh, Excel and like do all these different spreadsheets. Luckily, Thunder Twitter has people to do that for me. Um, but it, it's crazy. So the odds don't change for uh, for you guys having the second worst record as opposed to the first or as opposed to the uh, worst record in the league. Um, uh-huh. All it does is it shifts the odds of y'all getting the sixth pick in the draft to the fifth pick. Um, and so it's it's essentially still the same percentage points. I believe it's like a forty-seven and a half percent chance of y'all's pick becoming a Thunder pick. 
uh, except now rather than it being either the fifth or sixth pick, those 47% odds go just on the fifth pick. Solidified, okay. Yeah, so it's really strange how that works, which is why Thunder fans actually want the Rockets to have the worst record in the league. But as we've been saying, June 22nd, uh, I might take that day off from work, man. Like, that's just <laughs> such a big day for the for the future of the Thunder uh, as well as the Rockets. And so uh, we may have to do some sort of, like, draft party or something on yeah, that day. Would be fun for all the uh, DFWers, but I always just imagine the draft lottery is like we pretend like it has all this math, but I just imagine like <laughs> it's like everyone's team name with little pieces of paper in a hat, and like your lottery odds, quote unquote. It's just the size of the paper. That's it. Like they just mix it around in there, and then it's just like if you if you're the worst team a little bit, like your piece of the paper is a little bit bigger. This but, is so funny. Like this is all the fakest math I've ever seen. There's no way. <laughs> The people are actually calculating down to the percent odds for all of this. I just, I refuse to believe it. So oh, well, to, uh, come on I, over to uh, some Thunder Twitter, buddy. <laughs> Let me show you some math. In, uh, in my little utopia for lottery picks. Yeah. Now, supposedly they still do like the ping pong balls. I know there's like a lot of conspiracy theorists <laughs> around it all. Um, but supposedly like they even take video of it and they make it public record. So oh. believe what you will on all of that, but, uh, <laughs> so it's actually the size of the ping pong ball yeah. the piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was there anything else on the rockets you wanted to mention? No, nah, that's, that's about it. Well, for the thunder, we've now lost 11 games in a row, uh, which I am ecstatic for. Uh, we've just clearly gone all in on the tank. Um, and I just love that they made the decision like, hey, if we're going to tank, we're going to tank. Like, we're not going to do this half-heartedly. Uh, we literally have the worst offense in the league since we've started losing, as well as the worst defense in the league. Uh, we have uh, – I don't have the exact numbers, but most of these losses have been by double digits. Uh, so these games aren't even really close. Um, Shea Gilch Alexander did have a quote-unquote setback um, with his plantar fasciitis in his foot and will be re-evaluated re in a couple weeks. That puts us right at the end of the season. Um, as me and you were talking about before the podcast, uh, neither of us really anticipate him playing another game this year. Uh, it's just like in the best interest of his future as well as the Thunder's future. Um, and really... Kind of what's been fun with all of this losing is getting to see all these different crazy lineups, all these different players. Uh, Alexi Pokashevsky has really kind of been the guy who's gotten to play every game, and just every game for him is great experience. Uh, he does something every game that is hilarious slash really cool, um, and he's just like an incredible player to watch during these tanking times. And so it's, it's oh, been yeah. fun. There's a, uh, the, the Thunder are another team where I have like some conspiracy theories. Like I feel like every game, like in the first quarter, one of y'all's players is like 18 points on perfect <laughs> shooting six of six from three. And then Dagnall like pulls him out to get their normal rest. And he's like, just remember the mission. <laughs> and then they get two points the rest of the game. They're out there, but it's not the same player that was out there in the first quarter. And, like, I mean, I basically, Poku, yeah. uh, like, Lou Dort, I feel like they're all kind of, uh, I don't know. It's it's just, this is my conspiracy theory. <laughs> the way that I've watched these games, I'm like, we could be giving y'all buckets, but oh, we're, choosing not, we're choosing not to. <laughs> dude, there's no doubt in my mind that Sam Presti sat Mark Dagnall down and was like, <laughs> hey, was like, you better stop winning. Yeah, quit making sense. Yeah, exactly. Because y'all, with with a very limited offensive skill talent, like in the beginning, had a really high, like highly efficient offense. Yeah, which was impressive for the beginning part of the season. Yeah, but I it think it's come down because of tanking reasons. Right, exactly. And I last note on the Thunder. So, uh, I do want to mention this is like so much different than the process Sixers. Uh, and I don't want to oh. get into like all of the ins and outs of it, but like we we are actively looking for players to make this roster. 
the back end of this roster, because we have so many draft picks coming up, like we're looking to add three or four players onto our roster next year. And so these guys that don't have guaranteed contracts going forward, they, they are fighting like for a roster spot. And so they have incentive every night to not win the game uh, because that's not what we want, but, but to show what they can do. Uh, and Mark D- Dagnall has just done a great job of in- inserting an offense where the player's skills can kind of be evaluated really well, uh, which is just going to be uh, tremendous for the Thunder moving forward because we're going to get our superstars from the draft, but you have to be able to fill in the rest of the roster. And and I think that that's really where the process Sixers failed um, yeah. was they got these stars that all – played the same position they were like all bigs and power forwards and they just neglected the rest of their roster and really didn't care um but you have to have those fringe players you have to have a bench if you're going to be successful um and and have a have a sustainable sustainable uh i guess like winning culture and to go along with that like shay has just been super positive this over this stretch that he's had to miss i know it's been rough on him but if you watch the bench during their games, which I know most of y'all are not, it's pretty much just me, and I only watch about half the games now. But mm-hmm. when you watch their bench, like they're so excitable, and it just goes to show the Thunder culture. Like all the players talk about just how close they are. They talk about how much like the bench players who either are or aren't playing are always like getting excited for their for their teammates and. It's just got a really cool vibe, even amongst a eleven game win streak. Or, I mean, <laughs> losing streak. Yeah, pretty much a win streak for a Thunder fan. Yeah, exactly. A streak nonetheless. Exactly. Uh, yeah, we, the uh, the the process Sixers for the the flow chart for if you're rebuilding better than the process Sixers is do all of your players that you're building around play the same position, <laughs> and if they don't, then congratulations, you are doing it better <laughs> than the process Sixers. <laughs> Oh god! We looked at that roster, bro. Christian Wood was buried in the depth chart. That was crazy. <laughs> you sent that in the uh, sleeper text, and I was yeah. like, "Oh my gosh, looking at these names, that is crazy." There were a bunch of like NBA players on that on that list, oh, actually. Hundred percent. But their best guard was like Ish Smith, who is now like like Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal's backup, and bad at that role. So yeah, I could just uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, looking at, so I know Zach's not here, but I do want to mention the Mavs. Um, they have lost their last two games. They're only five and five, uh, in their previous 10 games. They lost to the Kings, uh, what was that? A couple nights ago. And that's, that's a terrible loss. That was a Kings team that was, I think had lost like seven games in a row before that. Uh, they had lost to, they lost to the Knicks. They barely squeaked out a win over the Grizzlies. They got pounded by the 76ers. Like, this is a team uh, that if they keep this up, they will definitely be in the play-in game. They're currently uh, the seventh seed. And I believe, even with the Trailblazers kind of faltering as of late, they're still two games back from the Trailblazers um, and didn't hardly make up any ground on the Lakers uh, with ad and lebron out obviously but yeah, it hasn't been a great run for them it really hasn't can't can't shoot a two-pointer now he's shooting okay from three but like his two-point percentage is actually way down and it's just it it's not it's not great looking basketball you lost to a king's team like like cam was saying that was playing hassan whiteside for big minutes and like when you can't take advantage of a situation like that um, at center, I mean mm-hmm. that's kind of on a lot of that's on a lot of things. That's on coaching. That's on Porzingis. That's on, I mean, whoever's playing down there. You just you have to be able to do more than isolation, Luka Doncic, and he either dishes or scores because like teams are going to key in on it. Let's face it, you're the team the 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 defense that you play in the regular season isn't even close to the defense that right. you're going to see in the playoffs, and so. Like it's a one-game series, and if teams have a, literally a scheme defense that prevents Luca from doing what he wants to do, the Mavericks are going to lose the play-in game to any of these teams: Grizzlies, Warriors, Spurs, Pelicans. They're going to lose that game. Yeah, it's crazy. 
Um, Gabe, do you know who, which two teams have the uh, longest winning streaks in the NBA? Huh. Do you have any guesses? I'll give you uh, three guesses. Okay. Um, the Nuggets, maybe? Nope. Okay. They they have won. Uh, let me see. I think they've won three in a row. But no, that's every good. All the good teams have lost. I don't know the Hogs. Oh, uh, the Knicks. The Knicks is definitely yep. one. Okay, so the Knicks have the highest uh, or the longest winning streak at six games. And do you know who the other team off. is? No, nah, I have no clue. It's gonna be some trash team. It's the Washington Wizards. <laughs> it's the Wizards. The Wizards have won five games in yeah. a row. They're seven and three in their last ten games. Like oh. this is a team. <laughs> Dude, they're pushing. They are definitely pushing for uh, the play-in game. Gross. I was talking to your little brother, actually, about that. I should have known that. Last night, he told me that the Wizards were on a five-game streak, and I had to check them myself. Yeah, so them and the Bulls have the same record, and I guess there's a tiebreaker that the Bulls have, but uh, the Bulls are currently the 10 seed. So, they, I mean, the Wizards are right there, man. They're going to make the play-in. So funny. Whoa. So Whoa. funny. They're, they're either going to make the play-in or have the – how, what are their odds or have the uh eighth eighth worst uh record in the league so that just goes to show how terrible the eastern conference is yeah that's tough it's <laughs> that really tough. tough uh any any other nba stuff we kind of hit on steph earlier uh he's incredible yeah and i mean i've talked about him a little bit in the breakdown but let's talk about some like fantasy implicative matchups let's, coming up yeah man uh so as we've mentioned this is the last week um of the regular season it appears that we know who's going to be in the playoffs uh that seems For to us? be kind of where we're at we just don't know where everybody's going to land would they you are, agree Ryan is three games back, and he's playing a Bowie team with no Rashawn Holmes and no Dame Lillard currently. So if Okay, he, so you think then, there's a chance? And then Garrett and Bobby are playing each other. So yeah. one of those two has to lose. So it's just how bad does that loser lose by? And can can Ryan make up three games wow. in, in, this, in, that, uh, in that span? Wow, yeah, and we're still like very much positioning for uh, yeah uh, playoff ranks. I would say right. you're. Well, I don't even want to I, say I, that. I pretty much, I pretty much secured the buy as long as I don't get like eight would this week. But yeah. even that's not all the way safe. Bowie is a little bit less safe than me, but if he, him, and Ryan, that's one of the big matchups. And then I'm kind of talking about him already, but. Ryan and then Garrett and uh, Bobby is the other big big matchup this week so that's the ones that we need to key in on because they have huge 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 implications for our playoffs this is so crazy man like this just how good of a season this has been for fantasy <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. it was the same thing in the football like we came down to the last week before we all we knew like yeah. all the matchups and everything so that's so cool um, but let's talk about last week's matchups uh a lot of movement on the table, as we've mentioned. Um, and we'll go ahead. Let's start. Gabe, let's start with you. Uh, so yeah. so you faced Nick last week. You ended up taking the matchup 5-3. to three. Uh, The five categories you won were field goal percentage, three-pointers made, rebounds, blocks, and points. Uh, the three that Nick won were free throw percentage, assists, and steals. Um how are you feeling about this matchup? What did you kind of take away? This is a potential, you know, playoff matchup here. Yeah. So um, really, I'm just kind of comparing myself to the field now because I want to see how I'm going to fare um, in the playoffs. And those are obviously going to be the best of the best in their specific categories. So my field goal percentage is currently looking really good. First overall in the week. And who else? It's It's Steph Curry. He's the one player in the NBA. We've yeah. touched on him a little bit, but he can shoot 50% from three on 17 attempts per game. And you're not even worried about regression. Like you can believe he's actually that good. Like you can wrap your brain, you can wrap your mind around that, which is just an insane, an insane fact. 
Um, blocks, uh, I was also first overall in the week. Um, it was encouraging for me. Um, we'd been a little bit down on the defensive stats in the last few weeks. So uh, Dan Gafford actually led the way for my team in blocks this week with eight. Bro, in only forty-two minutes. I know. In he, only forty-two minutes. So. He is um, he, that's a uh, Gafford from uh, the Wizards, correct? Yeah, dude. So he, yeah, he's just like a production monster. I was, yeah, I was looking at uh, <laughs> I saw this video. And have you seen that video of uh, it's like this funny basketball video. It's this super swole dude like playing on like a seven-foot rim. Uh, and he's playing like these short little white guys, and I mean, just dominating them, like dunking all over them. Um, have you seen this video? I think so. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, this video was circulating, and somebody was like, "This is basically Gafford on the Wizards," um, and it's been yeah, so true, sure. dude. Like he, I was watching their game last night because they played the Thunder, um, and I can't tell you how many times he just like got the rebound, and it was a putback dunk over like a Moses Brown. <laughs> You know, yeah. who's massive, and it doesn't even matter. Like, Gafford is just annihilating people. Yeah, the thing that limits Gafford a lot, though, is that uh, Scott Brooks really likes to play three centers. Um, he has come out in press conferences and said, said, like, the exact opposite, that he doesn't like to play <laughs> three centers, but evidence would point to yeah. in the majority of games where he has three centers healthy this year, he is playing Alex Len. Dan Gafford and Robin Lopez and who's getting the most minutes it's just whoever's playing the best that night so it's really just a coin flip I think Gafford has been the best and most mm -hmm. productive center on most nights but it just it would take one big Robin Lopez game to um, kind of make me have to drop him uh, come playoff time yeah um, Jakob, Jakob Pertle also chipped in with six blocks so that was uh, that was nice after he got a bit of a rest um, last week as well, but like I said, I locked in a bye week uh, for the most part and made a strong push for the one seed. For Nick's team, though, uh, Nick is fighting for a playoff spot this week, and in his matchup against Camden, he's currently three games ahead of Ryan, which I talked about, and so this is pretty much a win-and-get-in situation for him. Um, Camden's team is not uh, is not going to make the playoffs, and he is it looks like actually Carl Anthony Towns is going to get to play. And this could be interesting implication wise, because if he is just playing, let's say for his like extra dollar or $2 or $3 or whatever we decided for um, like keeper budget, he could actually make Nick's life much, much more difficult because Donovan Mitchell has an ankle injury. He's going to be out for a while. Zach Levine is in COVID protocols and Fred Van Vliet has a hip injury and he's also the the Raptors are not really trying to win, so they're kind of resting all their their uh, like big players in in a lot of these games. So, like I don't see Fred Van Bleet playing every single game from yeah. here on out, even if he is healthy. So it's going to actually make a pretty challenging um, like playoff run for Nick. He's going to have to juggle a lot of these guys and try and put some in IR where he can, or pick up players that are going to be better long term or maybe just ones that have more games that week it's it's going to be interesting he's going to have to do some voodoo magic to get it going but if anyone's going to do it it's probably going to be nick yeah that, that fred van fleet injury just hurts so bad um yeah and it, it felt like his production really fell off after uh <laughs> after the trade deadline even prior to the injury uh yeah. i don't know if that was like a loss of norman powell or uh just kyle lowry essentially not playing anymore or if or if it was like the raptors kind of leaning more into the tanking thing and knowing they want to not win quite as much but i i think that really hurt freddie yeah when you look at the raptors roster though it's kind of confused like we need super to do confusing. like a, they need to do a deeper dive on themselves this off season because yeah this is not a team that should be in a position to tank this is a, a far more talented team than they've shown this season so yeah very true. Um, let's go to our next matchup here. We got uh, me versus Garrett. So this was kind of – I kind of surprised myself in this one, um, but I ended up beating Garrett 7-1. to one. Uh, And the only category I didn't beat Garrett in was rebounds, uh, and I kind of made it close. But, yeah, uh, yeah I was um, – I guess I'll give my thoughts first. I was uh, just massively impressed with how much production I was getting – 
just across the board. Obviously, Russell Westbrook has just been um, on another level these past few weeks of production, not necessarily efficiency, um, but production-wise. But even players like Sadiq Bey and Jalen McDaniels um, and Daniel Tice, like these players were getting me lots of steals. They were getting me some blocks. Um, just really like helping my team all around just in the uh, the counting categories um, where I really yeah. like put the hurting on Garrett. So yeah, I was massively impressed with my team this week. 100%. Do you want to know how many categories your team has lost in the last four weeks yeah it hasn't been much i was going back a little bit uh i've been kind of on a tear lately you've lost eight categories in the last four weeks you're 24 and eight over the last four weeks so this is not a team that you want to run into in the first round of the playoffs um cam's team led the league in four categories this week threes assists steals and points that means if you had gone up against anybody you would have at least tied them it's it's (laughs) absurd um threes terry rogier jason tatum terry rogier is oh my gosh bro he's a bucket this year and it like (laughs) he was not like before the season he was on a lot of people's like don't draft he's in a position to bust like they just drafted a guard and they've got a lot of uh, malik monk and Devonte graham and it's going to be a a stress for minutes and terry rogier took that personally and he is absolutely shown to be one of the best shooters in the nba this year apparently um and so him and jason tatum combined for 24 threes this week but like you were saying this was a true team effort for threes the only player on your roster that didn't make a three was isaiah hartenstein every single other every single other player at least made one three yeah Um, for assists russ had another 45 assist week and terry brogier threw in 28 of his own um it will be interesting Lamelo ball coming back and what like six to nine days or something like that yeah something seven like that. And yesterday so i just subtracted one from the uh, <laughs> from the range there but um yeah and and uh Devontae graham and malik monk and, and some other guards have been in and out of the lineup as well so maybe his assist opportunities will go down but he's a much better passer than i think uh, we give him credit for and when given the opportunity he'll definitely step up it, it seems like so it was good to see. Uh, like you said, Jalen McDaniels had nine steals on the week, and uh, all your aforementioned stars led to this stellar steals performance. And like your whole team is playing well. So you looking at your, I look at your mid roster guys like Marcus Smart and Darius Garland. They're playing like top, top, top guys, like top roster guys. You know. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, it's kind of yeah, like they're... we've talked about. Like my team is just so streaky. Like I, yeah. I've got so many guys. It's so funny because I'm looking and I'm like, dang, my team shot forty six percent. Like that's that's great for my team to shoot forty six percent. I look at last night. Um, oh, you don't want to look at Jason Tatum plus Russell Westbrook dude, last night. It was it, my horrible. entire team. Let me see if I can find this really quick. I think they're, I I think brought they're it true up. shooting. They're true shooting. I think both were under thirty <laughs> percent, and I think they might have both triple doubled. They're gotten close. Yeah, no, crazy. Exactly, bro. That's the thing. Is <laughs> it's like crazy counting stats. Um, but let me see. So in total, my team. What was this? Yeah. So in total, my team shot a hundred and thirty-six shots in one night. And they shot 36%. So, like, I had Josh Jackson go 5 of 16, Jason Tatum 3 of 17, Russell Westbrook 5 of 18, Devin Booker 9 of 24, Darius Garland 9 of 19, Darius Baisley 7 of 19. Like, I didn't have a single player shoot over 50%. My top guy was Sadiq Bey, and he shot 6 of 12, was my highest field goal percent. So it just goes to show how how streaky my team is. and Yeah. Like I can definitely be a player in the playoffs that if if my team's shooting well, like it's gonna be really tough to beat me. But then I can also like just totally stink it up, <laughs> you know, and just have these terrible field goal percentages. Yeah, Sadiq Bay making a uh, late late case for rookie of the year as well. Here he's he's been playing really well lately. He hit six threes in the first quarter the other night. That was crazy. Yeah, he, uh, he's definitely been. A, a pleasant surprise not not i don't know if it's a surprise but he's been playing really well so and then uh Anyways. what about garrett's team like yeah. are we yeah. worried so, so garrett's basically in the first week of the playoffs right now in his matchup with bobby 
Um, this is win and get in. Uh, loser is going to be left scoreboard watching for Ryan and Bowie's matchup. But I've narrowed it down to, to three things, really, for Garrett's playoff run. Can, can Anthony Edwards clean up his efficiency? He was 38% on 50 shots last week. Um, can Teo Maladon clean up his efficiency? 32% on 37 shots. And how far can Jokic carry this team in his MVP campaign? Because <laughs> a lot of these, like Teo Maladon, Anthony Edwards, they get good counting stats. They do a lot of fantasy things really well. But at the end of the day, field goal percentage, it affects points. It affects the actual category of field goal percentage. Um, of both those guys shoot threes, so it can affect your three-pointers made. It just it touches so many categories that if Jokic can't like make up for some of those, it uh, it's going to end up costing him in the long run. So I do think those three players are going to be the ones to watch if he's going to succeed. And it's also going to depend on things like streaming and how many games do his players play this week and is it enough to to overcome bobby and his player schedules yeah i will say the one thing that i was surprised on with this matchup is he didn't utilize like any of his matchup acquisitions and it just it made a massive difference like it really did My, my team played really well but like i utilized my matchup acquisitions it makes a huge difference and i mean he's got some players on there that are playing like 19 minutes a night right like unless you are getting like four blocks 11 rebounds and nine points in those 19 minutes like you're not going to make enough of an impact to work to be worth not even streaming through the spot but just holding and playing you know yeah exactly well let's go on to our next matchup uh we have Bowie versus uh big r um so Bowie actually only wins this matchup 5-3 and he, he we had a lot of categories that were close that he was honestly lucky to um get out uh and, and squeak out and win um we don't i don't think we necessarily need to talk about big r's team uh gabe yeah. but let's talk about Bowie's team like Bowie was it was kind of you and Bowie at the top and over these last mm-hmm. few weeks uh, we've seen a massive decline. Um, are are you worried about his team? Is this all LeBron? Like, what are we what are we feeling here? Well, comparing it against the field, like I have wanted to for some of these uh, like locked in playoff teams, he still shot a really good free throw percentage. It was the best in the league on the week, and this is on the back of Kyrie Irving and Bojan Bogdanovich, who combined for forty four attempts from the stripe and only missed one. So 43 or 44, that's pretty good. That's going to win you free throw percentage. So um, Bowie probably has the best free throw percentage in the league, um, like free throw percentage team. And then rebounds, he was the best overall team on the week. This was a close week for a lot of players in rebounds, but this is a week where he didn't even have Rashawn Holmes. So this is still, I, I feel pretty encouraged about the performance for players like Wendell Carter, Kyle Anderson. They combined for 68 rebounds. And so against the field, I feel like Bowie's team still, Played fine. It's a tough matchup against Big R's team, especially considering Big R's team actually played like over a hundred more minutes than Bowie's this week. So I don't know if Big R was just setting his lineup this week. Like I wasn't <laughs> paying that close attention, or Bowie's team was just uh, like not playing a ton of minutes. But they were both like middle of the pack, actually like upper middle of the pack for minutes played this week. So I was gonna say um, Bowie utilized all of his matchup acquisitions. Yeah, it, like it wasn't like Big R just rolled over. Like I think he actually was putting in an effort, and I probably just to keep Bowie out of the playoffs. Oh cause... my gosh, that would be yeah. so funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that that relationship goes way back. So like in Big R, I've said before, Big R's team is pretty good. If he like it's it's he, his team, the top half of his team is so good that he could have done this if he just like clicked. <laughs> The, like play him on the day that he plays a game i'm not even talking about acquisition matchup he's got like kevin durant tyrese halliburton demontis sabonis like he's got players that are really good and so it's it's hilarious to watch uh, not to mention julius randall yeah. who has been on a absolute tear and making the knicks um the team with the longest win streak in the nba so <laughs> anyways uh i think that this bye week for Bowie. Uh, is going to have a significant impact if he can lock it in. So he's still playing um, in his matchup this week. Like, he's still playing for a bye week, so that's why I don't think that it'll be a guarantee that Ryan can just get in over Bowie's team. It's not like he can take this week off because 
he needs the bye week so that Damian Lillard, Rashawn Holmes, and like we mentioned, LeBron James can all at least get closer to healthy, ramp up their minutes. You know, players don't just come back from injury and immediately play 36 minutes. Yeah. So the, the farther away from these injuries that he can get, the better setup he is for a playoff push. Yeah. Most namely the LeBron James injury, if he can get him back. Yeah. If LeBron comes back, Bowie's team is like top two yeah. in the league. Yeah, just just like in normal basketball, LeBron changes everything, man. Yeah. Um, anything else there on Bowie's team? Nah, that's about it. Going to our next matchup. Again, this one can be a little quicker because neither of these guys are really playoff worthy, but we had Zach versus Camden. Um, they did tie 4-4. Uh, Camden utilized almost all of his matchup acquisitions. Zach utilized none, uh, which just goes to show you the uh, level of commitment here towards the end of the season. Uh, but anything to take away from this matchup? I just put this was a tie with without huge playoff implications. So I, I only said a couple things about a couple players. Um, Andre Drummond's name value has somehow made the Lakers bench their best center. And if he and Montrez Harrell are the center combination that they go into the playoffs with, with Mark Gasol playing zero minutes, I think they're actively hurting their chances at a championship, mm. even with a healthy LeBron and AD. I think that that's the wrong decision, and I think it's only based on Andre Drummond's name value. He just, I don't know, like he's a good rebounder, but he just, he gets the ball. He, he shoots like 30% from the field regularly as a yeah. big man. He, and it's just like, he has no touch on the inside. Yeah. And he just like, I, I mean, I understand. Now you're, it's different when you're playing with Dennis Schroeder and Kyle Kuzma versus LeBron and AD. And maybe he'll give up some touches offensively to these guys. But Mark Gasol like knows his role and plays it really well. He's a better defender than Andre Drummond. And I just, I don't understand why Andre Drummond is going to play these big minutes for a team that's contending for a championship in all honesty. I don't know that he contributes to winning basketball. Yeah. Whenever you take a look at Zach's team, you know, it's, it's funny cause he built his team obviously with bigs in mind. Uh, like yeah. he had Drummond and then he traded for Gobert. He had Kevin Love uh, and Chris Stapps for Zingas. It's just like crazy. Like how much, um like the drummond thing just hurt so bad the Cavs just oh, not yeah. playing him and then him getting traded to the lakers really didn't do much for him chris Tapp's been in and out of the lineup kevin love has missed most of the season like it's just uh it's just been a brutal run for i believe how he was trying to set up his lineup um right. and so kind of a tough tough play yeah, he there has, he has like a, a weird lineup where like his big man numbers are good but then, like, his team also shoots a ton of threes. Like, he's got Joe Harris and Luca. Mm -hmm. But then, like, some of these other categories, like assists and steals, that are not as easy to get off the waiver wire, he has just completely punted. And so it's just, like, I don't know, it's tough. Yeah. But anyways, new season next year, he's going to probably end up keeping Clay and Luca. So I'm yeah. sure he'll be back with vengeance. Exactly. For Camden's team, uh, all I wrote was that Kelly Oubre is looking like he's going to come off the bench as he ramps up from his wrist injury, which is uh, getting a, giving us a taste of his role for next year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, as long as he's okay with it, you know. He was <laughs> he was apparently not okay with it, and then <laughs> we did there. He Instagrammed a SpongeBob meme where SpongeBob was sniffing a bunch of uh, baseball caps. I think oh, trying to tell people. I did he, see that. Oh my god! <laughs> trying so to tell funny. people that this was a, a made-up story, maybe, but I uh, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. Like I said, this is all just speculation, and obviously we're kind of joking about it. But <laughs> if he's gonna continue to play for this Warriors team, like that's the role that he's really going to have to excel in. So um, I'm kind of joking, but I'm kind of not. I am interested to see. This, we're a long way off from this, but I am interested to see the keepers that Camden goes with. He's got an, a lot of like really interesting options, yeah, uh, as far true. as like some upside plays. Uh, who really disappointed this year, like a Pascal Siakam, and then we'll have to yeah. see where Jamal Murray's injury is at going into next year, and Carl Anthony That's Towns. True. Like it's just it's gonna be kind of interesting who he decides to go with on his uh, keepers. This is true. 
Uh, next matchup here, we got Ryan um, versus Ramsey. Uh, this I was actually keeping tabs on this one uh, because I knew Ramsey really like had a desire to be the one that knocked Ryan out of the playoffs um, or knock off his chances of getting in the playoffs. And so um, even as you can see from the matchup acquisitions, he, he, he tried his best, man. Uh, he did end up losing this matchup 2-6 to six, uh, or 6-2 to Ryan. Um, but three pointers were within two, um, assists were within 13 steals were within 11. Uh, like you could just see a massive effort here from Ramsey to really, <laughs> really try to screw over Ryan as much as he could. Uh, but Gabe, what were your thoughts here? Yeah. Um, for Ryan's team, uh, I do think that the James Harden setback and the fact that he plays Bowie. Yeah. Uh, in this in this last game in his play-in game, it really makes his run into the playoffs pretty difficult. So I I mean, obviously it's still possible. This is not an impossible situation, but um, I was kind of playing it up as a little bit more. I think when you kind of break it down and look at it, it's going to be really really hard. I think he needs to win as many categories as he can this week, and he's going to end up just having to make up that three-game deficit that separates him from the sixth seed. And he's got to pray for. Uh, a big win from either Bobby or Garrett in order for him to do that. Um, I think some things to watch uh, for Ryan's team this week, especially, and if he makes the playoffs moving forward, Robert Covington's defensive stats, which have uh, declined a little bit, especially alongside Yusuf Nurkic. Karis LeVert's field goal percentage. Karis LeVert was like a top 20 fantasy guy a couple weeks ago, and now he can't buy a bucket and he's playing less minutes and, uh, it's just it's, he's so up and down. He's uh, like so many players in the NBA where he is a chucker, and so when the shots are going in, every statistical category looks better. <laughs> but when the shots are missing, he's just it uh, looks like Andre Drummond's stat line on a nightly basis. And then I think another thing to uh, look at for Ryan's team is Isaiah Stewart and Jared Allen's minutes. So Isaiah Stewart is the rookie there in Detroit that um, he's definitely more involved in the future of Detroit than is Mason Plumley. So Mason Plumley should play less minutes than Isaiah Stewart in most of the games moving forward. But um, it is something to just watch because I don't know, Dwayne Casey has made some interesting rotational decisions. Well, um, I will say this Gabe: Isaiah Stewart's last three games are pretty insane. So he put up yeah. 15 points, 21 rebounds, three assists, and two blocks against the Thunder. 19 points, 12 rebounds against Washington with two blocks. And then uh, last night he had 18 points, 16 rebounds, three steals, and three blocks against right. the Cavaliers. So he has come on very strong uh, these no, last yeah. few games. And, I mean, he was always good, but just – Mason Plumley was the starting center. Right. He, yeah. Like, he's another one of those guys where it's a rookie and very raw, talented, but just the speed of the NBA game. Sometimes playing center, guarding pick and rolls, guarding yep. the paint a little bit, it just is a little bit easier for a veteran. So, um, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely excited for Isaiah Stewart's future. But uh, just watch his minutes if we're gonna look at fantasy stats because if he does get those 25, 30, 32 minutes a game, yeah. Uh, he's going to be a monster. Monster. He, and then, he's productive. Yeah. Jared Allen's, min Jared Allen's minutes have actually declined um, a little bit lately now that everyone's healthier uh, in Cleveland. So you've got, uh, I mean, like Larry Nance. You've got uh, Kevin Dean Love. Wade playing some power forward. Yeah, Kevin Love, um, obviously. And uh, some of it's minutes and some of it's just down production. But I do expect him to bounce back. He's pretty talented and they traded um, – for him on purpose so i i do expect that to to bounce back um uh, in a pretty good way but yeah it's just something to watch um if brian's gonna make the playoffs here for rancy's team all i wrote was that jaron jackson jr we might get to see jaron jackson so jr cool, he's man. upgraded to uh questionable, questionable yeah. grizzlies next game so um looking forward to uh, watching the 21 year old back in action it'll be interesting to see it, it definitely will take away from players like kyle anderson brandon clark who have been um not just benefiting but like actually fantasy producing uh, more kyle anderson than brandon clark but um like 
this whole season. And so seeing, I feel like it'll be kind of a situation like Thad Young where they'll still do as much as they can in their limited minutes, but they're just not going to get enough minutes to really contribute to winning fantasy basketball. But I'm excited to watch Jaron Jackson. Yeah, for Ramsey's team, I just look at this team and I'm like, dude, Ramsey's team is going to be so stacked next year. Like, there's so many different options that he could pick up, you know, just like with the production of uh, Kevin Porter Jr. as of late with Houston and Jay Sean Tate and Christian Wood and uh, RJ Barrett. I want to throw up in my mouth, but he's been playing better lately. Uh, Kendrick Nunn has taken over the starting position for the heat jaron jackson jr Lamelo ball like he just has a ridiculous uh options ahead of him on top of all yeah. the draft picks he accumulated yeah, i'm glad those guys are all going in back into the pool or i know too because i know. just went into the next year with that team it would be scary yeah i did want to say on ryan's team if ryan doesn't make the playoffs i will be celebrating because just like looking at the looking at his team and the the names on that team like i'll be so happy to not see any of those guys namely james harden like if we can get him out of the playoffs i will feel so much better (laughs) about 100 100 percent. i want to see him in the real playoffs but not these fantasy playoffs exactly yeah 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 (laughs) let me let me rephrase that i want to see him get healthy just not in our fantasy league that was uh, giving you a hard time uh going to our last matchup here we had uh gabe versus bobby no we 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 did not we uh, also my little brother (laughs) it's daniel versus bobby that's what i meant uh so daniel ended up being another thorn in the side we've talked about this last few weeks with him uh but bobby did take the matchup five to three the five categories he won were three pointers made rebounds steals blocks and points um daniel took the percentage categories and assists um but what were your what were your thoughts here obviously bobby's the one that's going to be in the playoffs uh how'd you feel about his team as we uh, as we've alluded to in the the previous analysis bobby's upcoming matchup with garrett carries the most weight of any matchup this week so if you're gonna only watch one matchup watch bobby and garrett because um ultimately it's going to decide who is win and get in and who is just hoping that Ryan doesn't beat Bowie. Um, but for news on Bobby's team, Miles Turner, uh, his injury, he's got a that plantar fracture in his big toe. Uh, it looks like he's probably going to be done for the season. Yeah. So that severely hampers his blocks category heading into the playoffs. That was one of Bobby's um, strong categories. And so it's not to say that it's not strong anymore, but Miles Turner was averaging like an insane number of blocks like three almost three a game or maybe even more than three a game off the top of my head remember when he started the season averaging like nine blocks nine blocks a game (laughs) oh that was was absurd yeah he i mean he's a great shot blocker period so um that's gonna be definitely a, a hit to his uh fantasy success but um the way that i broke down this matchup between garrett and bobby upcoming garrett should win threes pretty handily and bobby should win the efficiency categories mostly because garrett's still like he can't really afford to drop like teo maladon and anthony edwards and i don't expect them to turn around i don't expect them to turn into efficient scorers um like overnight and so i'm expecting the uh the efficiency categories to go to bobby but the other five categories are are up for grabs i think that it's going to come down to um streaming spots and who is who is making the most uh well-rounded decisions for their teams and so uh i think we'll get a bigger and better picture of of the matchup as we move forward every single day we'll get a a more clear picture of what the close categories are going to be and what the ones that uh are going to be pretty much a blowout are going to be but yeah yeah looking forward to this uh kind of playoff preview matchup and speaking of playoff preview I'm excited to just break down playoff games on my bye week because <laughs> yeah, I uh, like for football when we broke it down position by position, that was a lot of fun for me. So I'm going to maybe try to do something like that and see like what statistical categories maybe you're going to uh, like weigh most heavily into matchups and then uh, maybe do a little one-on-one whose point guards better, you know, whose center is better. I'm hoping we can uh, 
I'm hoping we can get a couple different guests next week yeah. that are in the playoffs. So either getting two guys that are matched up against each other or we just try to cover both matchups uh, with, oh, with me included. But, yeah, that would be – that would be really neat. It's obviously all going to depend on people's schedules and like who ends up where in the rankings, but uh, that would be a good time if we can kind of do a breakdown like that. Um, oh yeah. And oh, next yeah. week's down pod. For a, little, uh, a little trash talk live on the podcast. Well, let's, uh, well, for, also for Daniel's team. One oh, last sorry. Thing. I think it's safe to drop LaMarcus Aldridge. Oh, wah, wah. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunate news, but honestly, after reading more about it and, and his injury history and just how, uh, like, I don't know, how scary, yeah. um, like, heart issues are and, and where he's at in his career. He's had a great career. Um, I'm sure that, um, like, his teammate had open heart surgery, Jeff Green, and so I'm sure that it wasn't an easy decision for him, but we are looking forward to seeing what the uh, the rest of of life looks like for him because 36 in the nba it's pretty washed but 36 in real life man your, your life is just beginning so uh for sure looking looking forward to where lamarcus aldridge is uh it's gonna end up for the future but it is safe to drop him in fantasy <laughs> <laughs> wink wink i don't think you're keeping him hey before we get out of here um i kind of want to hear what your what your guess is like what's your best guess for where everybody lands um I know that's kind of a difficult to th- thing to do. We're doing it off the top of our head here, but what what are your best guesses? Let's let's yeah. let's run through it. Let's kind of me and you make combo guesses here. Um, okay. t- like talk about it really quick. All right. So in first, I, I'm pretty safe to say that you're gonna take the one seed. I think you mm-hmm. have the best bet there. I don't think we need to talk too much about it. Um, no. So let's give you the one. And now two is interesting. So two, so currently Bowie has two, and he has a five-game lead um, yeah, over I, the I next think person. Safe at two. Okay. Probably. Okay. Uh, who is yeah. he? So he plays Ryan, who is like, playing for. Who are you spot. playing this week? Uh, I'm playing Daniel. Okay, so unless you just like fry Daniel, like eight zero. Yeah. Then I don't really see any of the other three. Yeah. Uh, Nick has Camden. Yeah, I don't. It's just it's gonna be tough. I think five is a lot. Five is too. a lot. Yeah. Okay. I'm. Yeah. I'm safe to say that too. So Bowie, we can kind of we're gonna say is gonna get the second seed. Yeah. Now third seed's interesting. So third, uh, I think it's just based on matchup, but I think it's between yeah. me and Nick. Because I think Garrett's going to be in a tough matchup, and then Bobby right. and Garrett are playing each other. Yeah, I think that you'll probably sit in that three seed if I had to pick one. I think that Garrett Ooh. is going to fall to five or six. Um, Let me look. And then it'll it'll be interesting to see like wow. what the, what the four of y'all. I don't think that Ryan is going to have enough juice to pass anyone up. I think that Garrett will probably lose this week. Maybe like. Two six, but I don't think that that's going to leave enough of a opening because that would mean that um, Ryan would have to win. I think his matchup six two against Bowie, which would be a tough ask. Yeah, he's currently down seven one. So who uh, Garrett? Uh, Ryan. Yeah, so it's just it's going to be a tough ask. Yeah. Okay. So between me and Nick, uh. I'm going to pick myself, but yeah. that's going to be a close one because he's playing Camden. Yeah. Oh, whew, that's going to that's gonna be close. It's going to depend on if Daniel plays this, guys. Uh, yeah, 100%. Okay, so I, uh, I'm going to give myself three and Nick four. Okay. So it's actually y'all, y'all you're just reversing the matchups then. Like, <laughs> oh, <am laughs> you're I? still playing Bobby, but now y'all are the three and the six seed instead of the four and the five seed <laughs> so wait like why would it be three and bobby climbed down to the oh wait i actually think i have i have garrett falling to the six okay so you you're playing garrett that would be interesting yeah i think garrett would fall to the six bobby climbs to the five and plays nick at the four okay 
that that would be, be my best guess. That would be my that best would be, guess. That'd be fun. I uh, I would definitely want to be on. Like right now, I feel like the Nick and Garrett side is the side of the bracket that I want to be on. Like I feel like y'all's teams are much scarier to me than even though it's like I don't know the seating is different. Yeah. So maybe that'll be weird for um, who plays who, but yeah. I'm definitely gunning for the three seed because I yeah. want to play Bowie if he's the yeah. two in the that. next round. Oh, I man. Okay. Okay. This so one more time. Say say yours okay. one through six. Okay. So I'll put myself at one. I'll put Bowie at two. I'll put you at three. I'll put Bobby at four. Mm-hmm. I'll put Nick at five. Okay. And I'll put Garrett at six. Okay. So is that the exact same as you? No, I would swap four and five, but it doesn't matter. That's the same matchup. Yeah. So, yeah, I would just have Nick and uh, Bobby switched. I think Nick gets the four seed, but that doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, man. Well, it's going to be yeah. fun, man. It's going to be it fun. Be. Be. Anything? Of, uh... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say a lot of guff there at the end to just uh spitball and see who was gonna be the champion because at the end of the day anything could happen it's fantasy anything bro we've already seen this with football and <laughs> i'm just glad camden's not in the playoffs that's what i'm happy yeah, me too. same uh I'm not trying to lose to jeff wilson again <laughs> in any sport anything else before we get out of here nah uh hope everyone has a great week All right, boys. Well, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Uh, And uh, next week is playoffs.